inviting us and just setting the atmosphere. I mean, you all came in ready to be with God today. I don't know if you can sense that, just that presence of the Holy Spirit, but you came in ready today, and I believe that that, I know that that pleases the Lord. Um, preparing our hearts to, to, hear from, from him, to hear from Him today. Go ahead, if you will, and open up in your Bibles. Uh, we're going to be in a couple different places today. Uh, if you want to, we will, we will start out in Mark. We're going to go to Galatians. We're going to go to Ephesians. Those will be the main places that we go today. You can uh, turn over to Mark chapter 10, and we'll get there here in just a few moments. Uh, we are going through, by the way, if you are visiting with us this morning uh, for the first time, thank you for being here with us. Um, we love to worship God together, and uh, we know that this is uh, the day of the week where we come and we prepare ourselves, and we go forth from here ready for the week. You know, one of the things that I learned a long time ago is that Monday is not a horrible day. Monday is a good day. You have come in recharged, heard from God. Why should Monday be such a horrible day? Yeah, I mean, it's the beginning of, of a new week to tell people about Jesus, to work for God, and, and it's just, man, don't get me started on that, but uh, it's, just, it's just good to be here. Anyway, we are uh, going through a series called Serve One Another, or called The One Another's, and today is talking about Serve One Another. This is a message uh, series that Tony Evans had put out, and I've gone in, and I've looked at it, and listened, and done some research, and put a little bit of my own flair in there, but uh, the basics of this is from a wonderful um, message that he prepared. How I came about this was I go away, as a matter of fact, it's coming up time where I need to go away for a, a study few days for, for next year just to hear what God is saying and where he will be leading us. Now, that's just crazy to even talk about 2018, isn't it? But uh, just preparing. But anyway, as I was preparing this time last year, um, I felt the Lord saying, you know, God has, I felt, has given us six core values for us to operate from here at Abundant Life. So we are tackling one core value with each sermon series that we do this year. And right now, we're tackling the, uh, the, the core value that says, we love, we love God and we commit to love one another. And we've said this several times, you know, it, it's a little easier to love God, but sometimes you really have to commit to love your brother and sister in Christ. They just may rub you the wrong way or, or difficulties or situations, you know, but we, we want to commit to love one another. And uh, especially in the society, we, it's easy to lose sight of the whole fact that we are bonded together in Christ. We have schedules pulling us apart. You know, we, we're doing this today, we're doing that tomorrow. All these things are happening, but the reality is Romans 12:4 is the, the launching pad for this series tells us that just as our bodies have many parts, each part has a special function, so is with Christ's body. We are um, many parts of one body, and we belong to each other. And we've said over this series, if our relationship with one another is not right, if there is hate, if there is unforgiveness, um, it does affect our relationship with our Heavenly Father. We think, well, I love God, but I don't love my neighbor. I, don't, I love God, but I don't love my brother. And uh, we've even covered the fact, you know what? The Bible does command us to love, and there's times where you may not like someone. You know, we, we use the example of there's just some days you may not like your spouse. There are some days you may not like your children, but you love them. And that's what God has called us to. But we, we commit to love one another. 
Um, as I was thinking through this one, serve one another, uh, there was a story that Tony Evans was telling that reminded me. I can remember, um, I was just a wee little lad, and my mom was driving uh, to the gas station, and at this time in history, you could either do full serve or you could do self-serve gas stations. How many of you remember full and self-serve? And I think uh, Mr. Stowe owned a gas station. It was a full-service station, correct? Um, and I, could, I remember just peering out the window and looking at the guy coming up to fill up the tank um, and everything that he did. But what, what did they do? Mr. Stowe, you, you would check the oil, check the washer fluid while pumping their gas. Would you check the tires, different things like that? You just did all kinds of things to, to service their car. Today, that doesn't happen. Today, you just pull up. You pump your own gas, and you're lucky if you check your oil um, whenever you get it changed at 20,000 miles. I'm sure Jerry has seen a lot of those come into his station as well, um, where you don't check your oil very often. But you didn't even have to get out of the car. And I remember thinking as a kid, that is so cool. But then as I started driving, that wasn't around. And when I was traveling with ARCA racing, uh, we had to go up to um, New Jersey. And so we were up in New Jersey, and I pulled up to the gas station there, and I got out of my truck, and I was getting ready to go around, and the attendant said, oh, no, no, you can't pump your gas. And I was, I was looking around, and I'm like, what? Well, apparently it's a state law up there that you can't pump your own gas, and I'm a southern boy and didn't know any better. But there's something about not having to get out of the car. You paid for your gas. Everything was checked. You were served. And so we don't have that anymore. I don't know that there are any full service stations other than the places where the government make, where you have to do that. Um, you'll hear different research groups talk about how Christians are looking for, for full service opportunities. You, I read through studies. I subscribe to different things on Twitter and newsletters that, that do studies on churches and the trend of society. Oftentimes, these society includes the whole U.S., so it may not necessarily be a southern thing. You know, the southern part of the United States is different from the northern part. Amen. Amen. From all my New Yorker friends and Pennsylvania friends, um, which is different from the East Coast and the left, uh, West Coast are totally different. I was about to say the left coast. Well, it is on the left if you look at the map. It is. Um, so as you look at these different, you know, they're, they're totally different. But here's the research that was, that was coming out. Now, this is for believers. It has come to a point where people looking for a church want to be served, want to be counseled, want to be provided for, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. In these same studies, it shows that churches are not full-service churches in the sense of they don't get outside of the, of the four walls. So Really, the churches are training the people to, you know, don't get outside, don't serve one another, let's just, let's just stay where we are. And I love the uh, local missions that Dean brought to us today. But those are some of the studies. There's not much reaching out and blessing others, but wanting to be blessed. And I know that coming here when Stasha and I did uh, almost five years ago, that uh, this church was very involved in, you know, different things that would happen throughout the community, and that was such a blessing. And, and I'll, I don't know if you remember this. We bring it up every uh, Vision Sunday that we have near the end of the year and beginning of the year. Um, a verse from Zechariah that God brought. You don't have to turn here, but I felt the Lord gave us this. It was out of Zechariah 8. Uh, verses 12 through 13, but just sensing that the Lord was calling abundant life to a um, symbol and a source of blessing. Think about that for a moment. I will call you to be a symbol and a source 
of blessing. And I thought, Lord, let it be so. And we have seen how God has done that through abundant life. Not that by any means we have arrived. We, you know, there's still a lot more that we can do, but it's what God is working out through us. And this was for um, abundant life. Here's the first point that we're getting to today. In God's kingdom, the emphasis is on the servant, not on being served, not what can you do for me. But the emphasis in the kingdom of God, as you read through the Gospels especially, and then begin to read through Paul's letters, but it's about serving other people. And how uncomfortable that can be, how we don't have time for that. But anyway, that is the emphasis that is in God's, uh, God's word and for his kingdom. And Mark 10 is where we're going to be at today uh, to start out with. Mark 10, 42 says this. So Jesus called his disciples together, and he said, You know that the rulers of this world lord it over their people, and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. We have seen that, haven't we? If you've lived long enough, you've seen officials and authorities, whether it be government, whether it be churches, whether it be corporations, uh, can do that. Verse 43, he says, But among you it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first among you must be slave of everyone else. Now, that's strong language, isn't it? To be a servant and a slave to other people uh, flies in the face of the society that we live in. Verse 45 says, For Even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for, for many. So what this is saying is greatness in God's kingdom comes through service, not through celebrity. Now, if you watch any amount of TV or anything like that or keep up with it on social media, you know that celebrities are served. The red carpet is rolled out to them. Uh, anything that they would want, if they're going to appear on a show, it's in the green room for them. If they want water chilled to 72 degrees, it's going to be chilled to 72 degrees. I guess that would be room temperature. But uh, whatever they want is there for them, and it's almost an expectation. And Jesus is saying, no, it's not about celebrity. It is about serving. So go ahead and turn over to Galatians 5. I want us to look there. This is from Paul writing to the Galatian church. And what he says, uh, we'll start in verse 13 of Galatians 5. It says this, For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. Now, we're going to see what freedom and service have to do with one another. So hold on with me just for a moment. Uh, you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. And here's what Tony Evans says. I love this quote. It'll be up on the screen for you. Servanthood is humbling oneself and acting for the benefit of another in the name of Christ. Just as Christ came not to be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom for many, that's our call. It's an attitude followed by an action to better someone else spiritually or circumstantially. Now, we know how you better someone spiritually. How is an encouraging word uh, to someone? And, and we do that. I heard it as you were coming in today. That's why I love when you come early on Sundays and you're out talking on the porch or on the way in, you're talking to one another. You are encouraging one another. Darren, your hair looks great today, brother. You know, you're, you're just uplifting people. 
Um, Ralphie, your beard game is strong today. You know, it's an encouragement. I saw what you did on social media. I saw how you were serving at this particular place. That is wonderful. So we know spiritually how you serve people, but even circumstantially, we can serve people by helping. We had folks helping us yesterday. We got our, we closed on our house. So we were painting and just, you know, moving small little things over there. Um, We'll be doing that all week. But we had folks who just showed up to help out. It was wonderful. That was a circumstantial uh, attitude of, of serving. They wanted us to be, well, those who just who came over to, to help out. Some I wasn't even expecting, and it was great to see them. The church of God is a way of allowing us to serve one another. Why is church so important? So we can not only practice serving one another, but so that we can actually serve one another. That's the beauty of the church of God and why I am so thankful for the assembly that we have on Sunday morning, on Wednesday night, on Tuesday morning, on ladies meetings, men's meetings, whatever that we have going on, we get to serve one another. And it's not just a, I think we said last week to sit, um, sit, stew, and spew or something like that. It's it's to be here and, and to actually serve one another. Here's the thing. The enemy has tried really hard to set the church up as a serve-me building. Meet my needs. We've seen it, right? We've seen it happen. Uh, If you've been in church for any time period at all. The reality is, any one of us cannot serve everyone. But we can serve someone. You may not serve the masses, and that's okay. But you can serve at least one person this week. Think about this. If the church of God begins, everyone is a servant. And I'm going to come back to this in just a moment. But if everybody is a servant, then everyone is getting served. Because the the natural thought, at least what was my natural thought was, well, if I'm serving everybody, how selfish is this? Who's going to serve me? Well, if everybody's serving everybody, then everybody's being served, and that's the way the kingdom of God has been set up. But again, the enemy comes in, wants to lie and just tear all that down. If you are a Christian, listen to this, your job is to facilitate the benefit of someone else. That's your job. Facilitate the benefit of someone else. As uh, yesterday, as we were doing some painting, and I had a couple people show up, and not everybody wanted to be mentioned, so I won't mention their names, um, but there was just some people who just who showed up, did some painting, we brought a few boxes over, and um, I won't mention Chad's name, but he was going up and down, we have a bonus room, and that's where our stairs are, and he was like, I am so sore today, but you know what, he gave up his little legs and soreness today. For my benefit and for Stasha's benefit. And I was so blessed by that. Chad, you, yeah, he, yeah, he was one that said, don't tell people I was over there. Erase that out of your head. But it was so great to know that people were there willing. Not only, I mean, this was a Saturday. Chad works. Other people work. You work. But to give up part of yourself to go benefit someone else, that's the kingdom of God. That's the body of Christ. It was, it was wonderful. We were so honored by that. And here's point number two. You were saved to serve. We think we were saved to go to heaven. And yes, absolutely, that is part of it. I was just reading this morning in my uh, journaling, the reading through the Bible through the year. And we were reading in uh, Revelation 22 this morning. And it said, even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. And I was like, woo, yes, let's come, Jesus. We're ready to go to heaven. That's going to be uh, a wonderful time. We're looking 
uh, forward to that. But in the meantime, in the meantime, uh, we were saved to serve. Ephesians 2, go ahead and turn over there. And keep your place in Galatians because we'll be coming back. But Ephesians 2, it's just over a few pages in your Bible toward the back. We'll look at verse 8. We'll go through verse 10. You were saved to serve. Ephesians 2.8 says, God saved you by His grace. Thank God for that. When you believed. So that's the part where we're saved. We're saved by His grace. And you can't take credit from this because it's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. So again, let's look at salvation. Verse 10. For we are God's masterpiece... He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. What are the good things that God planned for us to do? Serve other people. That's the heart of God is to serve other people. Now, we do all kinds of good things. The Serenity House that we heard about this morning does good for the families of those who are at the end of life and actually for the individual who, as, who is at the end of life. We serve those folks just by going over and trimming hedges, which I'm going to be a part of that. We will send out a date to you when that's going to happen. So we get to serve those who are at the end of the life by serving the Serenity House by making it a beautiful environment. Somebody, uh, several groups have gone over there and made beautiful gardens and all these things. So it's just a real um, place of serenity. It, 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 it truly is. We can serve uh, by doing that. Good works. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. The good works that we were created to do was for other people, as I just said, and it is a good thing. So here's the thing. Let's go back to this survey for a moment. And if you're asking this question, we're, we're going to answer it. Why is serving so difficult for most Christians according to these surveys? Now, we're maybe not talking about abundant life, but maybe we are. Uh, it depends on where you are. What limits a servant attitude of someone? What, what has limited my attitude in the past? Here's the thing, and we read this, but point number three. In order to be a servant, you must know freedom. Now, how in the world is all this, what does freedom have to do with serving? We're going to look at this. Back at Galatians uh, chapter 5, verse 13, we, we saw that it said, You have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature, which is selfishness, right? But instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. So again, the point. In order to be a servant, you must know freedom. Use your freedom to serve one another in love. What freedom are we talking about? If you don't know freedom, you may not want to serve. Okay? We're, we're going to break this down here. Believers who have a difficult time serving, according to this survey and according to what you see work out, um, have forgotten what it means to have been made free by the blood of Jesus. That's why Jesus died on the cross. Yes, so that we could have eternal life, but so that we could be made free. Do you remember a, a statement uh, by John F. Kennedy? It said this, ask not what you can do, not what your country can do for you, but... Yeah, ask what you can do for your country. Now, that's not necessarily a Bible verse, okay? We may quote it uh, as 
5th John F. Kennedy, verse 5. You know, something like that. Ask not what your country can do for you, but ask what you can do for your country. Um, it points to freedom. Now, here's the thing about the United States. Let's, let's, let's bring this on a national level here just for a moment, and we'll get back to the church. The United States is not perfect. Can we say amen to that? But the United States does know what it means to fight for freedom. How many service people do we have in here? Just Yeah, thank God for our service people. Many people will ask, and here's a great answer that I heard a long time ago. I just don't understand why we are in all of these other countries. It's for the oil, it's for this, it's for that. No, we have tasted freedom. And when you have tasted freedom, you want to go to these other places and you want to show them and share with them what freedom is. So much more the life of a believer. When you have experienced freedom in Christ, you want to share it with others. How do you share it with others? By serving them. You see how all this is tying together with freedom and with service? Galatians 5.1, just go back up to the, the, the top of uh, Galatians 5 there. It says, so Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. So we're going to step another step back here just for a moment. We're going to see how we are held bondage so that we can't be free, so that we can't serve one another. When you are in bondage, you can't experience freedom, which means it's difficult and you don't necessarily want to serve other people. You ever been there before? I'm going to raise my hand. I've been there before. I've been in bondage, didn't want to serve anybody, and there was no blessing that was there. The law in this context of Galatians 5 represented bondage. So the law represented bondage. Anytime you read about Egypt in the Bible coming against Israel, Egypt was always a symbol of bondage to Israel because Egypt was suppressing Israel. On the cross, Jesus freed us from bondage. Praise God for that. He freed us from bondage and the law that came just to really suppress. And yes, we, we do know the Ten Commandments and we, we honor those things. But then man made up their own type, of, which, which brought uh, suppression and bondage. Because, well, you have to do this. This is how you do that. You do that this way. And, and if you do this on Sunday, then you're going to hell and all these type of things. You know, just all this type of bondage that, that, that goes on. So we said on the cross, Jesus uh, freed us from bondage. Whatever is holding you hostage in your mind, Jesus died for on the cross to free you. And there are a lot of folks walking around, I've been there, that in your mind there is a battlefield and you are bound. You're bound by fear, depression, anger, unforgiveness, the list goes on and on and on. And that is holding you bondage, jealousy, and you don't understand true freedom that Christ brought so you cannot serve. And, and you just feel like you're swimming in a cesspool of negativity and all that. Why is my life not any better than this? Well, Christ came to set you free in the middle of that cesspool. In the middle of all the nastiness and uncertainty and fear and why this, why that. Christ came to set you free. Praise God for that. Because Jesus, again, he died on the cross to free us from that bondage. Whatever is holding you hostage in your mind, Jesus died to free you from that. The thing is, we can't serve when we're in jail. You can't. I have visited over my 
19 years ministering, I have visited countless people in jail. And just the hopelessness that's on their face. I'm talking about a literal physical jail. The hopelessness, uh, the, the, the shame, the regret, the, you know, it hasn't always all been that. But what do they do? They just, they're just there. Can't do anything. Spiritually, when we are in jail and, and we, are bu- we are bound by whatever it is that, that's, that's holding our mind, we can't do anything. You're locked up. But Christ has said, you are free. It is for freedom that you have been set free. For those who are in Christ, those who have received Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Galatians, drop down to verse uh, 4 of chapter 5, says this. If you are trying to make yourselves right with God by keeping the law, you have been cut off from Christ. You have fallen away from God's grace. So in other words, if you're trying to earn salvation through goodness, you're cut off from Christ. The only way that we know this, the only way that you are saved is by the grace of God through Jesus Christ. When we were yet sinners, Christ still died for us. That that's, can be explained no other way other than grace. Because freedom in Christ is based on grace, not upon if you keep all the Ten Commandments and do everything just right. Because I bet some of you lied this week. <laughs> you may have stolen a pencil from work or a pen or something like this, right? I don't think your dad stole anything, Kendall. Oh, okay. (laughs) Christ has come to set us free and to say, you know what? You may have told a lie. Ask for forgiveness and you are set free. Make it right. Make your heart right with God and and thank, thank God for the cross. Thank God for the cross that frees us. We just read Galatians 5, 4, and I want to read it again. For if you are trying to make yourselves right with God by keeping the law, you have been cut off from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. The bondage that we have in our mind, in our heart, in our life, from His grace. In the Old Testament, you had to perform to be blessed. Do you remember reading through Deut- Deuteronomy 28? If you haven't, Deuteronomy is a great book to read. <laughs> well, most of it is. There's, there's some parts in there you're reading through and you're thinking that's kind of nasty but uh, just read it and you'll see what I'm talking about but there are places in Deuteronomy that talk about if you do this you will be blessed and it's probably about this much of your of the page on your Bible but there's something else that says but if you do this it will be cursed and it's like two pages (laughs) you know things that were listed in there that if you do these things so the choice to be blessed or to curse in Deuteronomy especially is up to the believer we often think, well, why is God putting this on me? Why is God, you know, I'm, I'm suffering for this? Well, the question to ask is not why is God doing this, but is there something that I need to repent of? Have I, have I not followed what God is, is trying to say? That's not always the case. We'll get to that in just a moment. But if bondage uh, does separate us from His grace, where you read about in Deuteronomy 28, in the New Testament, grace was provided through Jesus Christ. So the Old Testament is all about bondage and and what all was brought there because Jesus had not uh, come into the world yet. The New Testament is all about grace because of the blood of Jesus Christ. It's already done. Here's the thing. Under the law in the New Testament, you perform because you you want God to set you free. So in other words, if I go to church today, if I pray when I wake up in the morning, then God's going to do good things to me. If I I, donate to the goodwill or, or something like this or to the homeless shelter, God will do good for me. That's Old Testament. 
But under grace, you serve because you recognize that you are free. God has made me free, so I want to go to the soup kitchen and give freedom to those who come through the line. I want to serve at the Serenity House because of the good things and the grace that God has given me. You see the difference? One is because you want God's favor. The other is because you have God's favor, you are going to serve. That is true freedom in Christ, which enables us to be able to serve. I'm thankful. I'm sorry. I serve because I'm thankful. And yes, it's that easy. You're thinking, well, you don't know what I'm going through at this moment because it's not easy. I understand that. We'll get to that here in just a second. Here is freedom redefined. Released from illegitimate bondage so you can become what you were created to be. I want to read that again. This is from Tony Evans. Freedom is being released from illegitimate bondage. What is illegitimate? It has no standing. It has no backing to it. The lies of the enemy over you are illegitimate. You aren't worthy. Uh, You have messed up so much in your life. How could God love you? Those are all illegitimate things that the enemy says. So freedom is being released from illegitimate bondage so that you can become what you were created to be. That thing that is holding you back in your mind, maybe your physical circumstances, that bondage is a lie because Satan is an accuser of the brothers. The Bible tells us that. He is the one who accuses. Those accusations, when people start to accuse you of things, what do you do? You draw back. You think you get defensive. If you start to tell me that I did something that I didn't do, you stole a pen from the church. No, I didn't. Immediately your hands go up and you think, I didn't do that. You, you get defensive at that moment. Get outside of yourself and become a servant. Easier said than done, right? Because I'm not feeling it today. I, I just it, I, Life is difficult at times. The question is, what will your response be? Anybody ever face difficulties in life? What will your response be? I just look at Miss B over here, and uh, she was at the hospital chaplain's meeting on, um, on Thursday. <laughs> i got to tell a story real quick. Can I tell that story? This has nothing to do with the sermon, but you're going to love this. So we're sitting there, and we are learning about a new surgeon that is uh, part of the team. He's a spinal surgeon. Um, at, at the hospital, and you know, he, he's, um, he was a, a baseball player, and, and he's an athletic guy, he's a doctor, he's in his mid-30s, he's a good-looking guy, right, Miss B? <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> and she's single, ready to mingle. Um, so this guy, he's sitting there, and Miss B, we're kind of encouraging him, we're welcoming him to the hospital and all this, and Miss B said, you know, I was in the hospital in the emergency room a while back, and I just, I want to appreciate the hospital for something and maybe make a request, but especially for us old folks, when we come to the hospital, it is so nice to have eye candy. <laughs> he got so red, didn't he, Miss He was so red. He was the color, seriously, he was the color of Miss Vicky's shirt that she's wearing today, or her shawl that she's wearing. It was the greatest thing. Where was I? It was, it was absolutely hilarious. Um, if the, so here's what we were saying. Yes, life is difficult at times, but what your, will your response be? So here in the middle of the emergency room, she's staring at this hunky guy, I guess. You know What was her response throughout all of this? Well, she's glorified God through that. At the time, was dying from cancer, right? 
Totally. And we have a good report that's been coming out that's continuing to shrink. You have another appointment when? Okay, but in the meantime, it's shrinking. Praise God for that. <laughs> Through all of that, dying of cancer, she's still out serving. What will your response be? That thing that held her bondage was sickness and cancer and physically weak. You know, and, and I look back at Ella Kate and her mom and dad and grandparents during that whole time when Ella Kate needed a brand new heart. We didn't think she was going to make it. And you hear her today. She's trying to out preach me. That's okay. <laughs> we have this whole statement here at Abundant Life. If Ella Kate starts preaching while I'm preaching, it's okay because she's not supposed to be breathing today, <laughs> according to the doctors, but she is. And now she's walking, so I expect one day for her to come up here and preach while I'm preaching. That could very well happen. But in the middle of it all, it was, we know that God's got this. What will your response be in the middle of life's difficulties? You can go one or two ways. You can be joyful in the Lord. I didn't say happy. I said joyful in the Lord. Or you can be miserable through it all. You really can. God's grace is there to help you through it. Not to deny the situation. We never, we never once denied that Miss B, it might be end of life for her. We never once denied that. Now, we're rejoicing that this is shrinking, and she's here, and she has life. We never once denied the reality that Ella Kate may not make it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You had to look at the positive. So we never denied it, what the reality was. But God saw them through. And, and here we have two testimonies of God's goodness. Not all of life's circumstances and situation will, in, will result in, let's talk real here for a moment, may not result in a favorable outcome that we were hoping for. But what will the response be in the meantime? Still serve him. You look at the life of Job. He, he never once cursed God. I can't imagine losing my wife and children and house and cars and basically all the possessions that Job had. But yet he never cursed God. His wife even told him before she died, why don't you just curse God and die? It doesn't deny the situation. But true freedom understands that, yes, there's more to life than this. My response to the Lord, what's it going to be in the middle of life? I will choose to serve God. I will choose to honor him, and I will still choose to serve other people, showing up at meetings, taking notes. Just using Miss B for an example today. She didn't stop serving, and that's what Christ calls us to. Even in the middle of tests and trials. We had, let me tell one more story real quick. We had an experience this past weekend, and I just want to commend uh, Abundant Life and, and the, the three couples that went we had an opportunity to serve at a blind and deaf camp. So in other words, the people who were there were blind, not blind or deaf, they were blind and deaf. Can you imagine that? Now, some of them had a little bit of sight, some of them had a little bit of hearing, um, but they were facing both of these. Now, obviously, we're pretty close to that with Stasha. Um, she has sight, and fortunately, she does not have sight, but fortunately, she still has her hearing. Um, but in the middle of this, 
even Gabriel, he's back with the kids today, helping them out. Um, but Gabe, when we left there, he was thinking, Dad, he said, Dad, that was such a cool experience just to see how those people communicated with one another. With one another. And they didn't really look sad, did they? And, and so Mike and Christine were there last night till about 1030, something like that. Um, and they're here today, so thank you for serving there and here. Um, Wayne and Vicki were there on uh, Friday night serving, and then my family was there on Thursday night. To watch these people come through the line, some of them couldn't see or hear, so they're holding the hand of their guide, and their guide is signing, and they're feeling. That's how they communicate. I'm thinking, oh, my word. They didn't look sad. They were happy to get ice cream. They were happy to get sodas. They were happy to whatever dance. They had a dance party last night. And I wasn't there, but I hear that the music was so loud so that those who couldn't hear could feel the vibration. Of, and then they got their little groove on. You know. What's your choice going to be when you're in the middle of life situation? And I'm not telling those stories to downplay your situation. Please hear me this morning. I am not downplaying your situation, what you have been through, what you may go through. Um, I'm not here to downplay that. My plea to you this morning is understand the freedom that you have in Christ. And prayerfully, this is a temporary thing. But your response is to continue to serve. Why? Because the Word of God says to. Then you, try, then you find true freedom in the middle of that. It doesn't deny your situation. It just helps you to get through uh, and we'll, we'll close quickly with this, um, this last little point here. True freedom is not just reserved for when we all get to heaven because freedom is available now here on the earth. Jesus needs more servants. We must recognize that we are free despite our circumstances and situation and then serve. You can continue in bondage. This is one option. You can continue in bondage and not experience freedom, or you can experience freedom through service. The choice is up to us how we do this. You ever notice how some folks can serve and be happy while others always mope and stay to themselves? Just an honest question. Have you ever noticed that? Maybe it has been you from time to time. Again, I think we've all maybe experienced that um, in our lives. It doesn't just mean that the people who are serving through their circumstances are happy. It doesn't mean that they don't have troubles. They just recognize that because of Christ, they are free. Their circumstances do not determine their place in life. The cross determines their place in life, the freedom that they have, and so they continue to serve. Is it possible, this is on the flip side, is it possible that we have gotten so comfortable with God's provision and Jesus' death on the cross and the service of the church that we received that we have missed what God is after? Church, may we never get so comfortable with Jesus' death on the cross. I don't want to ever be comfortable with the fact that, that he died for my sins in the sense of I take it for granted. Well, yeah, Jesus died for my sins. No, that's so humbling. To know that he loved me, that he loved you, that he served you by giving up his physical life. Wow, that motivates me to want to serve. Jesus wants our response to be to himself. And we serve Jesus. How many of you want to serve Jesus today? Anybody in here want to serve Jesus? How do you do that? Serve other people. The rea Here's the reality. If you're not serving people, you're not serving Jesus. That's in the Word of God. 
serve one another, love, your bro- love God and love your neighbor. Those are the two commandments. How do you love your neighbor? Through serving them. That's how we can make that statement. Here's what I mean. My kids, they want an allowance from time to time, right? They say things like this, and I, not my boys. They, they, are, they are very good. They always keep everything clean. <clears throat> oh, yeah, I did lie. But I'm free, Miss Vicky. No. <laughs> I'm just teasing. Hashtag sarcasm there. Um, here's what I mean. Dad, Mom, we vacuumed. We've taken out the trash. Where's $10? Now, I'm not going to say there's anything wrong with allowance, okay? We, we personally don't do an allowance. We don't. Now, they get Xbox and things like that. We consider that allowance. But here's the thing. Kids say, we've done this. We've done that. Now, now give me my money. It's time for my allowance. Here's what Mom says. I gave birth to you. I suffered 36 hours of labor. I do your laundry. I had to clean up after you when you were a baby, and that's as far as I'm going to go with that. Where's my money? You know, we, moms, you don't say that, do you? I served you because I loved you. That's funny. When we, we, we are free, even if we don't feel free or if we're not experiencing freedom, here's the thing Christ paid it all for our freedom. We don't run to him thinking, okay, what are you going to do for me now, God? But here's the beautiful thing about God is he will still serve us and do wonderful things for us anyway. I love my boys. They serve around the house. They do things a lot of times willingly, sometimes unwillingly. But so what? So do I. Sometimes I do things around the house willingly and sometimes unwillingly. But with my boys, I will bless them not because of what they have done, but I will give them things, treat them because I love them. And that's how Christ works. That's how he, he works throughout it, because he loved us while we were still sinners. It wasn't a what we have done. We don't reward our kids because of what they have and have not done. But the Bible tells me that while I was a sinner, Jesus died for me. The more bondage you feel that you are in should result in more intentional service to others. And no, it doesn't make sense. Here you are, pastor, telling me that I need to serve more and I'm feeling all this pressure. Go to the Word of God. What does it say? I promise you, as you serve others, you will feel that burden begin to lift. Will it go away? No, but you won't be carrying the weight of it because Christ, you will be honoring the the Word of Christ. God is faithful to His Word. God is faithful to His promises. And as you serve, He is there. He helps you in the middle of that situation. It doesn't make sense, but I promise you, you will be released from the bondage of that I won't read this whole thing here, but just write down John chapter 13, and it's verse 1 through 17. This is the story where Jesus called his disciples together, and he began to wash their feet. Get this picture. They know he's the Son of God, and he says, I am going to wash your feet. What does Peter say? No, absolutely not, Lord. You're the Son of God. You're not going to wash my feet. Jesus tells him, if I don't wash your feet, then you have no part with me. Peter said, well, then wash my head, wash my whole body, dunk me, <laughs> in a sense is what he, he, he is saying there. Do you want more of God? Jesus is showing us, wash someone else's feet. You will have part of him. You will be blessed. Are you in bondage today, mentally, physically, emotionally? Are you struggling? Serve because of the freedom that Christ gave you. 
serve from freedom. Now, here's what Jesus meant when he said, I only need to wash your feet. They had already been made clean. I took a shower this morning, and all God's people said, Amen. Praise God, Pastor, that you took a shower this morning. Now, back in Bible days, whenever they walked different places, they didn't have their nice vehicles. The roads weren't paved. They were dusty. So they may have taken a bath, and they were walking to church. They were walking to their neighbor's house, whatever it was. You know, going over to, uh, we're going over to Doug and Lisa's tonight, so we have to walk. We took a bath, but we're walking, and there's dust all over our feet. So when we get there, Doug has a servant, and the servant's job is to wash the dust off of my feet. The rest of me is clean. So that's what Jesus was telling Peter there. But he also said those who are not clean, in other words, need a whole washing, they have not come to Christ yet. And so they need their whole body to be washed. Well, we are believers here today, and if we're not, we're going to allow for you to come to Christ today and make Him your Lord and Savior. But how we approach this is through maybe not literally washing each other's feet because we have shoes, we have paved roads. Some of y'all got nasty feet, right? But we cover them up. We don't have to wash one another's feet maybe in a literal sense. I pray you do that on your own, okay? But we wash each other's feet figuratively through serving. That is a very humbling experience. And I'm not going to do a foot washing service here today or anything like that. But it's a very humbling thing to wash someone else's feet. Because y'all seen some people's feet and they're nasty. I'm just being real. But to serve someone who maybe doesn't deserve it. Maybe they're nasty. Maybe they don't have it together. And God is saying, I want you to go serve them. Lord, help me be a person who does that. Amen? Help me be a person who does that. To allow someone... Here's where I, here's where I think we struggle. And I'm going to close with this. I don't know about you, but I tend to struggle a little more when people want to serve me. You know, come over and help out, which I'm very thankful for when people do that. But I... I you, you've worked all week long. And you want to come over here and spend time at my house? I, you know, I, really, we got it. We have to uh, be people who allow others to also serve us. Why is that? Not so that we're, yes, paint my house for me. No, because, you know, when Chad was over there painting and Jen was over there painting, when they were doing these type of things and all the people who were working that didn't want me to mention their name, um, I don't think any of them wanted me to mention their name. But anyway, um, God is blessing them for what they did. Who am I to rob those folks from the blessing that they were to me, but ultimately they were serving Christ? So serve and be willing to be served because you're opening up an opportunity of ministry for someone. Amen? Let's serve one another. Can we stand? Think about ways today that you can serve someone. Think about this week. Monday is tomorrow. Amen. Amen. Normally, we think about Friday, and it's like, woohoo, Friday is here. But you know what the Christian's mantra should be? It's Monday. It's another opportunity to serve. So when you wake up in the morning, and you're on your fifth cup of coffee, and you still aren't feeling it, just think, today is a new day and a new opportunity to serve God and to serve others. And I'm going to tell you how you can do that. We're having a painting party. No, I'm just teasing. I'm just <laughs> totally joking, totally joking about that. Let's bow our heads and uh, close our eyes because I want us to pray. Lord, we want to serve you. And we recognize that the way that we serve you is through serving others. 
Lord, I pray that you would place in our hearts ways that we can do that this week. In Jesus' name.